lives. The name of it is the believer's position during trials. I don't know if I'm just preaching to me today, but I have a feeling that you might get something out of it too. Just maybe. Because I don't think any one of us are exempt from this. Amen? How many of you want to be reminded about what we're supposed to do during trials? I think sometimes we forget. So this is going to be one of those reminder messages. And some of you will say, well, I didn't even know I was supposed to do that. I thought I was just supposed to, you know, take it as it came. So we're going to talk about trials and tribulations. So let's, let's look at what the word trial means. And then you can see if you had any of them. Okay, trials, a test of one's abilities, especially the ability to perform well under pressure. A state of pain or anguish that tests patience, endurance, or your belief system. Okay, let's see what tribulation is. Trouble or affliction of any kind. An annoying or frustrating or catastrophic event. An experience that tests one endurance, patience, or faith. Okay, you can raise your hand. How many of you have ever had a trial or tribulation? just want to make sure I see all hands raised, because if there's not, I want to spend much, much time with you. Because you got something figured out farther than what I do. Okay, so we're going to talk about the famous scripture in James chapter 1, verse 2. We just love this scripture, don't we? I'm going to have to take my shoes off. My feet are hurting. But my pants will be too long and I might trip over them. James chapter 1, verse 2. Consider it all joy, my brethren, when you encounter various trials. Is there anyone here that sometimes doesn't stay in joy when you go through a trial? I want to make sure I'm not the only one that maybe lost my joy through a trial. You know, we all know what we're supposed to do, and we're supposed to, we're supposed to consider it all joy. Now, you don't have to be joyful for the trial, okay? It's not like, oh, God, thank you that I'm going through this. Oh, God, thank you. I mean... I believe that it's a little farther than that on knowing that the joy of the Lord is our strength through anything that we go through. And that joy passes happiness. It's a whole lot deeper than just I'm happy today because you know what? Happiness, it comes and goes. It comes and goes with whatever's going on in your life. You're happy if everything goes right and you're sad if it's not. But that's not what the joy of the Lord is. It's not an external joy that comes upon you. It's because you're joyful because of, of everything that God has for you. That everything that God has given you, everything he has provided for you in his word through salvation and everything salvation gives you. That's the joy of the Lord. It comes from within. Because you are so joyful 
at what Jesus has done for you. Amen? In 1 Peter 3, verse 11, it says, He must turn away from evil and do good, and he must seek peace and pursue it. We know Pastor Eric has taught on on pursuing after peace. Amen? But what are we really doing in our trials and tribulations? I think sometimes we probably do good, and we're like, I faced that one good, and I kept my faith, and I stood on the word. And But are we consistently constant in how we're handling those trials and tribulations and those difficulties? How many of you could say that you have gone a whole week with absolutely no trial? I mean, from the tiniest little nitpicking thing that got on your nerves to something really big. How many of you could really say that you went... A whole week. A day? Okay, we'll give it 24 hours. But I don't think we go past that, do we? It may have been a light week, you know, where it really wasn't too major, the issues that we had to, you know, deal with. But it sure never got close to a week, a month, a year, five years. Oh, my goodness. We wouldn't even, well, it's just not going to happen. So, All right, so there's, there's different kinds of trials and tribulations. For one of you, it might be somebody at work. And, so, and you're like, God, if you would just remove so-and-so, my life would be really a lot easier. If, if this person, if you would just either change him, or remove them, then I could just be happy. Life would be good. But you know what? That person may be being used to show you what's inside of you that's displeasing to him. I go back here. God is not into the easy He's not trying to make your life just, he wants you to be grown-ups. (laughs) He wants you to be strong and mighty. He wants you to be a warrior, not wimps. It might be difficulties with friends. It might be your stress at work. It might be the loss of a job or changing jobs or relocating. It might be marriage difficulties. It might be children issues. It might be sickness in the family, or it could even be a death in the family. We all have trials and tribulations. We're not going to go but maybe 24 hours without having to deal with something. You know, you may have a day where everything goes right, but the next day, and you got money in your pocket, you're okay with your spouse, I mean, your kids are doing great, and the next day... You could have, I'm not speaking negative, I'm just telling you what happens in life sometimes, okay? You could have a flat tire, then you have to pay for that. And, then you, and, and you could have a headache that you're like, can't get this headache to go away. And it's like, see, those things are a part of our life every day, aren't they? 
something that we're having to deal with to say, well, well, what's going on that we just take it and it's like, okay, well, it's part of life. Let's look at John 16, verse 33. I have told you these things so that in me, Jesus is saying this. In Jesus, you may have perfect peace. Okay, that word perfect is, is mature, fully developed peace and confidence. In the world, you have tribulation and trials and distress and frustration. Jesus didn't say, you might have, you could have. He said, in the world, you have tribulation, trials, distress, and frustration. But be of good cheer. Take courage, be confident, certain, and undaunted, unmovable, unshakable. For I have overcome the world, and I have deprived its power to harm you and have conquered it for you. Okay, Jesus just said that he overcame the world. But yet he just told us we would have trials, tribulation, distress, frustration. So... I believe Jesus just told us that we wouldn't have a life without anything going on in it just because he overcame the world. Would you agree? So now what do we do if we have to face these? The majority of the time, if you think about it, our trials will not harm us. We think they do. And we think they're difficult, and we think they hurt us, and we think they're uncomfortable. But the majority of the time, they do not harm us. We can get through them, and life is going to be okay. James chapter 1, verse 2, again says, Consider it wholly joyful, my brethren, whenever you are enveloped, encompassed, encircled, totally surrounded in or encounter trials of any sort, of any sort, or fall into various temptations. No matter what's going on in your life, it falls under any sort, doesn't it? Any sort is any sort, any kind, anything. The word consider means to think about it in such a way. So we're going to consider And in such a way that when we go through that trials and tribulation, that we're going to consider the joy of the Lord. What he's done for us. He saved us. He set us free. He's delivered us. No matter what we go through, no matter how difficult, no matter how small, it does not make light or less what Jesus has done for us. If we never got delivered out of another problem in our life, what Jesus did for us is enough. It is totally enough. And so many times we get mad when we have to go through a difficult time or a difficult place in our life. And I have been there. Remember, I'm preaching to me, okay, too. Not just you. I've been there where it's like, why do I have to go through this? I don't understand. We think that that trial or tribulation will kill us or it's just awful or I can't stand it. I want to get rid of it. How can this be doing me any good? I just can't see how this is doing me any good. Because we're not looking at what, what, what God wants to do through us. The Bible says we're to consider, to think about it wholly. 
In Romans 8, verse 28, it says, And we know that God causes all things to work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. We may not understand. We may not know why, but God is not the author of everything bad in your life. Everyone say, God is a good God. And he loves me. Just like Pastor Eric said Wednesday, your children, you are not going to give them something evil and bad to teach them something, are you? God is not doing that. This is what he teaches us with. This is what he corrects us with. This is his standard for our life. When we go outside of this boundary, there are consequences. There are consequences when we go outside of what God says is his best. We have to know that God loves us, and he says that he'll work everything out for our good. So even when we've made a stupid choice, a stupid decision, and there are consequences, God says he'll work everything out for our good. That's a pretty awesome God that in the midst of my stupidity and the midst of my rebellion in the midst of anything that I am doing wrong. As I keep my eyes on Jesus, he said he'll work it out for my good. That doesn't mean it's going to be easy. Remember, God doesn't call you to the easy. We have to say, God, I'm going to put my life into your hands. And you know at the right time, at the right place, when to deliver me. What is it that God is trying to work out of you that's displeasing to him? We all have something, and probably a lot of some things, that's displeasing to him that he really wants to work out of us. Remember that Making our problems go away isn't what God's into. He's not this genie God that wants to make your life perfect. He never promised us a life like a bowl of cherries with no pits. He never promised you that. And sometimes as a believer, we come into the Christian walk and the Christian faith and we think, oh, Life is good. I won't have to worry about anything else. And usually those first few months of being a Christian or first year, God is revealing himself to you new believers, and he's just here and here and here. But that doesn't necessarily stay because you don't grow up just getting everything like that. But he's proving his faithfulness to you as a new believer. He's proving himself to you. But then you got to step out and get out of the nest and fly for yourself and develop your own faith. Remember that he wants to bless you more than you want to be blessed. That's our good, awesome, mighty God. 
God knew that trials and tribulations were going to be a part of this life as a human being. He knows all things. He knows the beginning from the end. He knows everything. He made provision for us today, way back here. He knew what every choice we would make. He knows everything, and he loves you. He knew that man would sin. He knew that trials and tribulation and frustration and distress would be a part of walking out your Christian life. He knew it. It's not coming as a surprise to him. But he made provision right here. And he said, no, life may not be easy. I guarantee you, if you read the Bible, do you find anybody that just went right through with nothing to face? It was Anybody? I haven't found one in there yet. Not even the Son of God. Not even Jesus. Jesus had to go to the cross and die. Have you had to die for someone? Have you had to be beaten? Look at Philippians 4, verse 6 through 8. It says, do not fret or have anxiety about anything, but in every circumstance and in everything by prayer and petition, making definite requests with thanksgiving, continue to make your wants known to God, and God's peace shall be yours, that tranquil state of a soul assured of its salvation through Christ. And so fearing nothing from God and being content with its earthly lot of whatever sort that is, that peace which transcends all understanding shall garrison and mount guard over your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. For the rest, brethren, whatever is true, whatever is worthy of reverence and honorable and seemly, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely and lovable, whatever is kind and winsome and gracious, if there is any virtue and excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think on and weigh and take account of these things and fix your minds on them. Have you ever fixed your mind on the trial? We're to fix our mind on the good. We're to fix our mind on the answer. Here's the answer. The word of God working in our lives. We need to remember where where our focus is. Is our focus on what we're going through and the difficult time that we're having? Or is it on the Lord and his strength and his power working in our lives? You know, we need to pray and ask God. What what he wants to show, what what is here that we need to see? And then be ready to see. See, sometimes we're not ready to see because it's yuck. And we don't like to see our yuck. Do you like to see your yuck and you're like, how many of you have looked at yourself and you're thinking, I can't believe I acted that way? That's yuck. We all have some yuck that God wants to reveal to us if we'll have eyes to see. David had some trials to go through, didn't he? But did God deliver him? 
Did Noah have some trials? Do you think it was easy to build an ark when it hadn't rained? Don't you think they were like, you are crazy? It's rain. What is that? And he's building this huge boat. And it's never rained. Don't you think he was persecuted and abandoned? But did God deliver him? Did Joseph have some trials? His brothers, and they they wanted him dead. They were jealous. They left him for dead, didn't they? But did God deliver him? Took him up to second in command, didn't they? Didn't God? What an awesome God. Did they have to go through something? God didn't have to cause it. You know what? We cause a whole lot of stuff. God doesn't have to cause anything because sin entered the world. And you know what? We got a whole lot of flesh. We got a whole lot of flesh in the body of Christ. That's supposed to be living holy. But I guarantee you, our own choices and the choices of others that affect you brings a whole bunch of trials and tribulations in our lives. You know what? I'm sure the enemy is is behind the scenes with thoughts, but we don't reject the thoughts and we don't pull down what we're supposed to be pulling down and taking every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. Then we wouldn't be given in to the enemy's lies. Then we wouldn't make the decision that we do, which ultimately brings a trial in our life. And if it's not the decision, the poor decision or anything that you made, it's somebody else's that affects you. I guarantee you that is a very, very big percentage of our trials and tribulations because the devil has to work through people. He can't come directly and do something to you without working through someone else. It's God's law. God's law, he, does, he works through us. He established laws, and he doesn't break those laws. So he requires people in earth suits to do what he's called them to do. And sometimes the enemy gets in there, and we end up doing what he wants instead of what God wants, and then we have difficulties. Remember that the timing of God is on our time. As much as we'd like to be able to say, God, I'd like to be delivered at such and such date at 12 o'clock on Friday, God is not by time. He created time for us, but he's not in time. So we have to submit to say, God, I trust you that in your perfect timing, in your due season, in your appointed time, just like in Ecclesiastes, it says, for 
In everything, there is a time and a season for everything. God rarely says when. He says, I'll bless you, I'll heal you, I'll protect you, I'll guard you. But he doesn't always say when stuff's coming forth. Does he? You know, sometimes we think that it's like, I'm having to wait as long as Abraham. (laughs) Before my promise comes. But are you willing? Are you willing to wait? And in that waiting season, be what God wants you to be? And say, God, I know you're going to deliver me out of all my troubles. Doesn't mean they stop coming. But one at a time, he'll deliver you out of them. God is working from the inside out. It's an inside job. He's working. He wants to work on the inside of you. It's not about making your life perfect on the outside. See, we're outside in. We're too carnally minded that we're outside in. And if everything's okay out here, then I'm okay in here. And God says, I want you to get okay in here so everything out there doesn't bother you. Does that make sense? God's our overseer. He sees, you know what? He's looking at a whole different perspective than what we what we see. We see our own little beady tiny world right here. But he's looking at the whole shebang. Don't you think he has a lot better view? Don't you think that he knows more better about us than we do? Do you? Sometimes we think we know best, but we create a mess. (laughs) We can be pretty selfish people. God wants us to be delivered of ourselves. We want our own way. We want this like that. and, And I guarantee you, I bet all of you could raise your hands. God loves you. He cares for you. You're his creation. You're the apple of his eye. He formed you with his own hand in your mother's womb. Psalms 139 verse 13 says, For you did form my inward parts. You did knit me together in my mother's womb. God's not forgotten about you. If you're in the middle of uh, one of the most difficult times of your life, he's not forgotten about you. Galatians 1.5 says, But even before I was born, even while I was in my mother's womb, God chose me and called me by his marvelous grace. Matthew 10, verse 30 says, But even the very hairs of your head are numbered on any given second because we know they fall out. He knows how many hairs on, are on every one of your heads. 
in the entire world. Wrap your brain around that. That's a pretty detailed God. That's how much he loves you. That's how much he cares for you. That he even knows how many hairs are on your head. Or how many... No, I won't go there. (laughs) Shh, be nice. (laughs) Okay. Psalms 56, verse 8. says, You keep track of all my sorrows. You have collected all my tears in a bottle, and you've recorded each one in your book. He collects your tears. He's got a plan laid out for your life, and he sends angels to guard you and protect you. The Holy Spirit, he's given you as a believer to dwell in you. He's taken a lot of effort to make sure you get across the finish line. In victory, we need to give God a lot more credit than we do. Why? Why would we give him credit for saying, well, God took this one, or God took that one, or God gave me this to teach me? God loves you. God loves you. He's not trying to take away from you. He's trying to get to you. He's trying to get his love to you. He's trying to get his grace to you, his mercy to you. His mercies are new every morning. He loves you. God says he wants us to have faith in him. That's what pleases him, is when we have faith in him. He wants us to trust him. And he will deliver us. It's his job to deliver us. That's his responsibility. But we have some responsibilities. These were just a few that, that popped into my head when, we were, when I was working on this. That's to crucify our flesh. Fun, fun. To renew our minds. I don't think I had that on there, but to walk by faith and not by sight. To walk in the spirit and be spirit-minded. To bind the strong man. I mean, we got things to do. To submit to God and resist the devil. To speak the word. To call things that are not as though they were. To put on the armor of God. To be able to stand against the works of the devil. To fellowship with God through prayer, to pray in the Spirit, to read His Word and get it inside of us so that then the truth we know and have revelation of can then set us free. You can't be set free of something you don't have in you. The truth can set set someone it can set it can set my mom free if she knows it. If my dad doesn't know it, he can't be set free. So the fact is, the truth will set you free, but you've got to know the truth to be able to set you free. And then you have to have revelation of it. Then you have to act on it. God requires us to do stuff. Psalms 34, verse 17 through 19, says, The righteous cry, and the Lord hears and delivers them out of all their troubles. The Lord is near to the brokenhearted and save those who are crushed in spirit. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers him out of them all. James 1 verse 3 says, Be assured and understand that the trial and the proving of your faith, 
Do you see that that goes hand in hand, whether we like it or not? It goes hand in hand. And if we know that that trial didn't come from God, then we can say, out of this trial, God, help this build my faith. Help this, help me grow in my walk with you. Help me be a stronger Christian because of what I've had to go through. It says, the trial and proving of your faith bring out, everyone say, bring out endurance, steadfastness, and patience. The trial and proving of our faith bring out. That's what it's supposed to. Sometimes it brings out a whole lot of other stuff. And that's the yuck. You don't like to hear about the yuck, huh? It's like, ugh, don't remind me what I have to do. You're always telling us to change. You're always telling us to renew our minds. Just like Tim said, I don't want to be the same. I want to be transformed every day a little more into his image, into his likeness. We don't have the slightest idea as a Christian What's in here? Until we go through a little pressure. We don't know how much fear is in us till something doesn't go the way we wanted it to. We don't know how much doubt is in us until our prayers don't get answered the way we wanted them to. It's all revealing what's in here. What happens with you when you get squeezed? When the pressures of life are just like... I haven't reacted correctly all the time. I haven't been where I was so totally focused on the joy of the Lord being my strength. But I want to. I want to get there and know that trials aren't going to stop. Tribulation's not going to stop. But what am I going to do through them? That's the whole deal. What are you going to do through him? My mom told this story over and over and over. Was it at Ringwood? Where was the house? Somewhere. They had a new house. Spearman, Texas. And she had this pressure cooker. And in the pressure cooker, she was cooking a pot of beans. And somehow or another, there got to be a little extra pressure. And it was building. And something happened. And I'm sure you're all getting the picture. The lid came off, blew the top, and guess what? Beans went everywhere. Ceiling, floor, cabinets, people. It spewed everywhere. 
all over the new house. And the kitchen, yeah. Well, you know what? That's what we do sometimes. We're that pressure cooker that is just containing those pressures, and they're building, and they're building, and then all of a sudden, explosion happens, and who's ever closest to you gets hit with it. But God said to cast all your cares on him. Because he cares for you. He didn't create you to carry those pressures. That's not his plan for you to carry. And then pretty soon you're like, I can't even walk. I have a... He said, cast all your cares. Cast all your cares. Everyone say, cast all your cares. Then I won't have to be a pressure cooker. That ends up building pressure and explodes on the people I love. Trials and tribulations, when you're right in the middle of them, you don't think they're very fun. They just, oh, why do I have to go through this? Bill, you want to get that ready, just the song? When, I, when my ex-husband left me, I didn't walk around with a whole lot of joy on my face. But there was a strength within because I knew God was my strength and he was my strong tower. That one day when I, I remember falling to my kitchen floor and crying out to God. I mean, I cried from the deepest part of the inside of me that I didn't even know existed. It was the deepest, hardest cry that I have ever cried in my entire life. But I was crying out to God. And I was asking God for his strength to get me through. For him to be my fortress, my strong tower. It wasn't about take everything away, but God, just be there for me. I need you. And if you'll give me some liberty here, I just want this song... This is what I would play all night long. And they're going to put up the words to it. This is, I put it on repeat. All through the night, this is what went into my spirit. This is what I would wake up singing. And you know what God did? He gave me new mercies every morning. That at night when I thought, I can't handle what I'm going through. I can't do this. There was new strength. There was new strength when I woke up to say, okay, God, you and me, I'm going to make it because you're with me.
Praise God. Every line, every stanza in that song brought deliverance to me. It brought strength to me. And it was through him. It was through him. Listen to me. The thing that Satan wants to get to you through your trial and tribulation it doesn't matter how much we war, how much we use the word, how much we... It doesn't... 
stop trials and tribulations. They, have you ever seen them cease in someone's life unless they died? They didn't, they don't stop. But what Satan wants to do through the trial is to get you into sin. And that sin could be rejecting the word. That sin could be letting go of your faith and saying it's just not worth it. God's not doing what I want him to do. God is not delivering me when I want him to deliver me. God is just not obeying me. So I'm going to turn my back on him. Those waiting seasons where we go from one trial to the next, those waiting times are going to reveal to you what you need to change, what you need to get rid of, and you. Don't let Satan come in and pull you away with fear and doubt and unbelief. Have a faith wreck. You know, we have all fallen into that. We have all fallen into Satan's trap of making us want to isolate ourselves. Making us want to run. If I can just run away from everything, it'll be okay. No, then he has us right where he wants us. Isolated. And away from a power source, a strength. And so when you submit to God and you resist the devil and all that he's bringing against you to try to make you sin. Because do you know what? When things are going great with you, do you think about walking away from God? When things are easy, do you think about thinking, I'm throwing in the towel. This Christian stuff is just too hard. Do you think about that whenever you're on the top of the mountain? No, it's always when we're in the valley. So who do you think the author of that is? We have to be aware and, say, and look at it and say, what am I feeling in this trial? What's in my heart that's making me say, I want out and I want out now? God says that he'll deliver us. But it doesn't mean that we won't go through some things before we get delivered. But if we'll allow that trial to transform us, to mold us, and to become more like him instead of resisting the... See, what we do is we resist the trial. We spend more time resisting the hard place instead of resisting the devil. Because if every trial, God's saying, I'm going to work it out for your good. I'm going to work it out for your good. I'm going to help you get the yuck out of you so that you'll be a stronger... 
Christian that's going to walk by faith and not by sight like you've never seen before, Christian, then we have to change our perspective and saying, I'm not going to be happy that I'm going through a trial. But at least if I'm going to go through it, I'm going to say, I want to learn something. I don't want to go through this and not learn anything. I don't want to go through this and not shed some of that carnal, soulish, selfish nature. I don't want to go through this and not become more like Christ. Amen? So remember, yes, we're going to count it all joy. But through counting it all joy, we're going to draw upon the joy of the Lord. The joy of the Lord that is our strength in the good and in the not so good. In the in-between times of our lives, the joy of the Lord is our strength and everything he gives us. And when we submit to God and we resist the devil during those waiting, because you know what? You just aren't spending a lot of time resisting the devil in the high place when you're just right up here. Because life is good. But he'll hit you low. When you're least expecting it, because you've been on this high place, you, you, you don't realize that you're coming down here, then all of a sudden, whew, how are you going to react through your trials and tribulations? They are not going to disappear until we're taken from this earth. But I guarantee you, how we go through them will affect us. God didn't send them, but he's going to use them because he knew they would be here through sin because he knows all things. So stand to your feet. I want the ministry teams to come forward and, you know, some of you, It's okay, you know, it's just kind of that uncomfortable stuff. It may be somebody at work, or it may be you don't like this, or your husband said something this morning and made you irritated, or kids did something, you know. I mean, or maybe it was nothing. Maybe you're just okay. It's a good day today. Yesterday, today, you're up here. Some of you are going through some really difficult times. And we want to pray for you if you want to be prayed for. Would you put on the Jesus song, the one that we just played? And I want you to to know that God loves you. And just because you're going through a hard time or a hard place, he's not taking his hand off of you. You've not lost your salvation. Everything is not just going down the tubes because you're going through a difficult time. No, we're all going through difficult times at different seasons, different times, different degrees of our life, every day of our life, every day. And we better know how to deal with it. The Bible says we are to be there for one another. We're to carry one another's burdens. We're to pray for one another. And that's what we want to do as a body of believers. We don't want you to feel that place where the enemy says, run, get away from here, get away from 
the family of God. Get away from your family. Get away from your problem. Running from your problem will not solve your problems. I guarantee you, you'll just run to another set. It'll just be something different. Maybe somebody in your life, maybe some friends right here in church, you know that they're going through a really hard time. Be there to lift them up, to encourage them, to speak a word of life into them. God wants to use you to speak life into people. He's a God of life. Be there as his vessel to touch other people's lives, to encourage them, not to point out their flaws, not to point out, you know what? We usually know we got a lot of issues. Be there to help me change in a positive way. But if you need prayer, we want you to come up here. We want to stand with you. We want to believe God. We're going to believe God for his perfect timing to deliver you out of your problems. But that you will have God's strength in the middle of it. That you'll remain in the joy of the Lord even though you're going through a difficult time. That you'll stay in his peace, the peace that passes all understanding. Because he loves you. He loves you. He loves you. He didn't stop loving you because it's hard. He loves you. And he's there to be your joy and peace, your strength and hope. Father, I thank you, Lord, that you are our strong tower, that you are our deliverer, and that you will deliver us out of all of our troubles. Father, we want to walk in the joy of the Lord that no matter what storm we are facing, that the joy of the Lord will be so, so revealed in and through us, God. Lord, we're asking for your help. We're asking for eyes to see what it is, the yuck in us that needs to go. God, we want you to create a clean heart, a pure heart within us. But we know some things have to change within us. And, Father, we love you, and we praise you, and we thank you that you are with us. You are with us, God. And the mountaintops, you're with us in the valley. That you will never leave us, and you will never forsake us. No matter what, what kind of issue that we have to deal with, you are always there to be our strength. And, Father, we love you, and we praise you, and we honor you today. In Jesus' name. Amen. Well, tell someone beside you that you're glad they were here today. We love you. God bless you. You go in the strength of the Lord today.